Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. Welcome, everybody. My name is Roman Hamilton. We want to welcome you back to another exciting episode of Truth Revival. I can't remember if this is episode 14 or episode 15 of season two. Paul, we're just so blessed. We're booked all the way through May. Can you believe that? Yeah. Booked all the way through May. <laughs> Very excited to have... Uh, We've been diligent, Rome. Trying, uh, trying to book. We're getting a little mm-hmm. more organized. He blesses your hands if you work. Amen. Yeah. You sow the seed. <laughs> God will grant the increase. So uh, we've been experiencing the increase uh, for the for the for the show for Truth Revival, and today we've got two individuals who I'm very excited to have. This is your first podcast, isn't it, brother? Uh, should I just call you Jim? Yeah, you can. I yeah, have a habit fine. of calling you Daryl. <laughs> it's a big D, man. <clears throat> big D. All right. So, uh, um, but we have uh, brother Jim Shaw. And his wife, Rhonda Shaw, uh, these guys have devoted their lives to the work of the ministry in Brazil. Would you say that's fair, yes. Daryl? Yes. Well, uh, just tell us a little. Wait, hang, hang on a second. And there's, there's also another individual who's also here today. And it just so happens to be the one and only... David Lowe. David Lowe. Now, if you hear David out of the left speaker in your car or whatever. <laughs> Just turn the left side off. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're having some technical difficulties figuring out how to get this little microphone to go stereo. But I think it's going to be all right. So, Daryl. uh <laughs> Rhonda, if you guys don't mind, just just share briefly a little bit about um, your ministry. How did you find Brazil? What was the call like? Okay. Um, obviously, it has to start with your salvation, and that's where it all begins. And God moved sovereignly the people into to my life. I look at my life. Can't talk for my brother my other family members, but um, God sent two missionaries to our house in West Texas where I was growing up. Dad was in the military and, and uh, explained the gospel. And like I said, I didn't have any idea, and, and I can't remember the, the witness they gave, but I, I felt a deep compunction or conviction in my heart that, you know, that uh, I needed to get some things right with God. And as a 12, almost 12-year-old, you know, wonder how big a sinner are you? But yet I felt I was a sinner, and I knew that God was not pleased with me, and he asked us to get on our knees and pray, and mm-hmm. he, asked, he asked if we wanted to go to heaven. I said, well, yeah, I want to go to hell. So we, we bowed, and he didn't say what to pray or didn't say, uh, you know, sinner's prayer, didn't have any of those things, and he just kind of left me dangling, you know, and I had no idea, but I knew that God was listening. I just sensed that, and I asked God just to forgive me for being a sinner. Wow. And uh, the, the inward difference, the inward, if you want to call it a feeling, knowing that it was a different feeling I'd ever felt, mm. that things were right with God. And from that point on, my life was just kind of a blur, I guess, in sense sense, spiritual things. Nobody discipled me. And, but yet, coming back to uh, Tennessee, fleeing from Texas back to Tennessee, uh, got in church here at Popper Bluff Baptist Church, and ignorant as, as you'd be about spiritual things, but yet God began to open my eyes. I began to start trying to find myself in relationship to God. And I went to him personally and, and got on my knees at home and, and 
my aunt and uncle's house and asked God to, I just told him I needed him and I needed to make things right with him and I wanted to serve him and I asked him to use me. And from that point, I began to see as I look back how that God began to move my life uh, into that place where he wanted me. And uh, I went back home and went back uh, home where I'd fled from home. And at home now is in Virginia. My dad, like I said, in the military, and so went back there and got involved in church. And that's where I began to learn a whole lot about God, about the gospel and salvation, and got a burden for souls. I got my eyes off myself as a, as a teenager looking at others. Took my old 57 Chevy and pick up people and go knock doors. And, and uh, my life just began to to start expanding spiritually, you know, and, and God put a burden on my heart and said, man, people need to hear about this great message of the gospel. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I didn't want to go to the pastor and say, Hey, God's calling me to preach. Cause you know, I'd, I'd seen enough people who said they're called to preach and weren't, weren't really called to preach. <laughs> and that, so yeah. so uh, I said, yeah. look, uh, you, God, you got to show me, I'm not going to say I'm a preacher or called to preach unless you can show me from the scriptures. And uh, I don't, I don't recommend this, but sometimes when you open your Bible, it just seems like you just fell open to Second Timothy chapter four. It said, "Preach the word." Mm-hmm. You, you made a statement this morning, Daryl, that that I really caught. You know, not everybody's called to be a, a preacher or a pastor or evangelist or a missionary, but everybody's called to live. Yeah, to live this gospel, to live out what it is, what to it be portrays. the light, yeah. light and, of the world, salt of the earth. And I think a lot of people are misconstrued that. When they give their life to Jesus, they got to do this big thing. But yeah. this big thing yeah. that we got to do is is live, and by living, who He is, we're preaching the gospel. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I thought it was really awesome this morning how you preached the message in a testimony. Yeah. I mean, if people really paid attention, you you took them down the gospel road in your testimony. I thought it was amazing. I never heard it like like you did tomorrow. I thought it was awesome. That was very subtle. Yes. Yet masterful. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the like The Bible what, calls it uh, wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. You know, that's like, yeah. but that's like when you have a a, a dentist that's seasoned mm-hmm. and the, yeah. they don't you don't you're not wanting to get that shot in your mouth. You don't know you got it ever. Or, that, yeah, but, you know you but a seasoned yeah. Yeah. A, a, an experience in it. Well, he can just make you feel like yeah. Oh, this is a great experience, you know. Yeah. Uh, Lord, I've beat people up with the word before, Daryl. <laughs> you know, I've I've mishandled the word, and and but you was that was so eloquent and masterful this morning. Um, but you you accepted the call to the, the ministry, yeah. right? Yeah. And and I you know I fast forward a little bit, the call to Brazil. You got married, obviously, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. Can we hear from you know, Rhonda, please? Yeah. She's here. How about, how about She's here, man. Let's hear from her. <laughs> okay, so so Rhonda, you've got, you know, Brother uh, Jim here. I know you prefer Daryl, but... Vice versa. He's, uh, he's called into the ministry. You guys obviously get married at some point in that, probably have kids. There's a, there's a lot of gap space in there. But when he says, honey, the Lord's leading me to Brazil, what's your thoughts? Well, that never happened. Um, <laughs> Big Daryl said, we're uh, going. <laughs> Maybe load up the 57 get, get in the car and let's go. <laughs> like he said this morning, the we were happy in the ministry where we were. We, we were just so happy there. But then the Lord just began kind of pulling our hearts away. So you would say and mutual? It was kind of a mutual A mutual calling? thing, yes. Okay. Pulling oh, our wow. hearts away yeah. from, from that ministry. 
And so we just begin searching, Lord, what do you have for us? If not here, then then what? And he basically came to me and said, the Lord has brought back into my heart the what I gave him 13 years ago when I was in seminary, that I was open to do anything that he had for me to do. And I had made the same commitment in my life to the Lord. Um, <clears throat> I got saved at 16. Um, I had been in church my whole life, totally different than, than his story. Um, my dad was a deacon. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. Um, I was in church every day of my life. And I made a quote, quote, decision when I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had the desire at that time to be saved, but no one showed me how. Right. And um, so it. I went on from seven years old, even though I worked in the church um, and I played the piano, I, you know, helped in the choir. I even taught girls. Um, we were called GAs back in those days, and I taught the GAs, and that was all about missions. And one night um, in the service, I was, I don't know what the pastor preached. I have no idea. All I know is the Lord showed me that if I died that night, I'd go to hell. Wow. And um, so I went forward and it so surprised the pastor. <laughs> so he and his wife took me back to his office, and and we had a long, a long talk. Um, and um, and I prayed and asked the Lord to to save me that wow. night. But back to the call to Brazil. Um, so I had already made that commitment to the Lord as well that if He wanted me a missionary, I always thought that the Lord would call me to be a missionary to Africa. That's just what was in my mind. And um, so anyway, like like he said this morning, the Lord really didn't tell us a place that he wanted us to go. He just told us that he wanted us to be missionaries. The thing was that... Let me, let me cut you off with that. I, didn't mean to, I don't mean mm-hmm. to be rude. But you referenced Abraham this morning. Mm-hmm. And David, you can kind of correct me in this. Based on my memory of scripture, when God called Abraham to go, he didn't say, all right, Abraham, you're going to go 40 miles this way. You're going to go 50 miles this way. You're going to go this and this. And, and this is the GPS location, and I want you to go right here to this spot. Mm-mm. God said, go to the land I've prepared for you. Go ahead. What? It's all faith. Yeah. Go to the land I've prepared for Trusting. you. Trusting. I would say, yeah. well, God, where is it that you want to go? I need coordinates. coordinates. I need coordinates. I need some coordinates. God said, well, we'll go. Give me go. the address, Jesus. If you want the yeah. blessing, go. Mm-hmm. Be obedient. Right? When God called Isaiah, who will I send and who will go? Go where, God? Isaiah said, what was me? I'm a man of unclean lips. God, I'm yours. Here I am, Lord. Send me. And I believe God is still calling for people to go. All right? It was cool this morning. Absolutely. That... I'm not going to gym. I'm going to Big D, (laughs) Daryl. He's, he made a statement this morning, you know, while he's talking, that back back in the 80s there, you know, you had to put together your funding. You had to go gather it together. And the average one was five years to to, to say, hey, God's calling us to Mishfield. We're going to get prepared. In five years, we should be on site wherever he's put us. You guys went, what, a year and a half? A year and a half. Amazing. Yeah. 
55,000 miles, 130 or 47 churches. 137. Yeah, My goodness, man. We had You talking about being faithful to what God's job. called you to do. Full-time job, man. With yeah. with three little ones in the back seat. Yeah. And her homeschooling <laughs> in the hotel room in the back seat of the car. Props to these folks that's for man. giving it up for Jesus that's one time. That's commitment right there. And I mean, hallelujah, man. See, that's the thing. Like, I... I know that we haven't had the, the closest relationship, guys, because y'all have been gone, but we're, yeah, we're yeah. family. Amen. But I have such respect for you guys because of the devotion. Great will be your reward one day. I know you don't think of that right now, guys, but you have laid up for yourselves crowns in heaven. But I know you're going to lay them all back at the feet of Jesus. But yeah. The, yeah. World, the world says, you know, we need to amass wealth in our account. And you guys have given it all for Jesus. So I want to say thank you for that. Yeah. And great will be your reward one day when you stand before the king. And he looks at you, Daryl. He says, well done. Jim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> Daryl. Okay. He may give you a name, that a new name that nobody oh, even knows. Oh, about. So he, did nobody this, knows he did the same thing in Brazil. It wasn't okay. my fault. <laughs> Have, having the two names. I he did it. the same thing in Brazil. So. I was having a moment there. A okay, guys? Yeah, Ron, well yeah. done. Well, well, guys, to hear the king say that, yeah. well done. The sacrifices that you made here on this earth, well done. So, um, Brazil. Oh, go, so you go can ahead. I, can I just finish my... Sorry, that's absolutely. all right. That's okay. I just wanted to say that um, when we were talking about all this, I had to go to the Lord and say, "Okay, Lord, I need to know that you're calling me to the mission field because I, you know me, and I know me, and I know that if if I don't, if I'm just going as his wife, if I'm just going as Jim's wife." Then when things go wrong, when things happen, I'm going to have the tendency to blame him. Mm. You brought us to this place. You know, this was your call. And so the Lord and I just had some conversation. And until I understood that, yes, he he was calling me to the mission field as well. Wow. And that was important to me. Now, not every woman needs that. That's a sign of maturity. That's maturity. (laughs) Let's see that as maturity. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I want to say something. Uh, it, so it, it's pretty interesting because you know you said when you said that when you were younger, Lord, I want to if I, if you want me to be a, that that was um, that desire was put in you by the Creator, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And it's interesting the like sometimes um, we want to jump. You know, we think, oh, we got a vision from God. We want to jump things and just try to do it. You know, and all your dreams come to pass later. You know, I think what Joseph went eighteen years. Mm-hmm. He told a dream to his brothers and his daddy and mom. And that didn't come to pass until 18 years later. Yeah. Right. You know, he went through right. some hard times. I mean, being yeah. straightforward, you know, straightforward man. Joseph, if you read the account, he he stayed true to his God the whole mm-hmm. time. Even, you know, you know that woman was taking advantage of all the slaves, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She was. Uh-huh. And uh, that's why he didn't get killed. So, uh, yeah. but he, <laughs> yeah. that's why he got thrown in prison not killed, because he knew. But it's, it's, inter- it's, it's very important. What I got from your account is the whole, that... You have to wait sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to rush, like we were talking earlier. Yeah. And uh, but there's always there's these stepping stones, mm. and God right. places them there for you. Right. And if you jump in, you're going to fall down. He's going to pick you back up, put you back on that stone that you jumped off of before you're supposed to. Yeah, and we've all done it. Yes. You know, especially as men, you know, we want to rush. But uh, yeah. I think that's a very important uh, point. To, I think he used those years to mature us. Of course, yes. you know, and uh, to mature us as a couple. Well, it was, were you 23 when you uh, before when you had that in your heart to? 
talked about the, being a missionary when you first felt like you, you might be a missionary? Actually, I was in my last year at uh, Tennessee Temple. I was probably what, um, I guess you're about 23 then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is really, well, you think you're very yeah. mature at 23. Yeah. I just want everybody right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I ignored, I was 23, so I ignored uh, God for three or four years. And those missions counters were just, you know, see missionaries as God, somebody, somebody needs to go to that field and help that guy and help that guy. And yeah, the burden never left. Yeah. And it's God saying, you know, what about you? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody needs to go. Well, hey. How about you? you think somebody needs when to you go. pray and Lord, praying for labors in the harvest, well, what about you? That's right. Yeah. So I was uh, reading Mark 16, 15, which is another uh, account of the Great Commission. But it's just kind of summarized and go preach the gospel to every yeah. creature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go preach the gospel to every creature. You know, you referenced Acts chapter one this morning, Daryl. Yeah. Um, you shall be witness of me both in Jerusalem, yeah. Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, when you guys went to Brazil, okay, was it a, a very civilized area? Or was it, you know, one of those, you know, like we're out in the jungle here <laughs> or how would you explain? I know you've talked about even planting churches, but yeah. just, you know, talk us through, you know, you're, I mean, you're a missionary, you're getting your feet under you. Talk us through the mission of getting established in another country, because around here, like everybody has an idea of God yeah. and you know, we talked about knocking on doors earlier. I've knocked on doors for years, and everybody talked to as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a believer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They now, are in Brazil as well. Well, this is one thing. You know, I again let me cat out of the bag, and I am talking so much today. I'm sorry, Daryl and Rhonda, but I went on a, a short term. Well, it was like a two week thing, a mission trip. Whenever I was 18, and I knew a lot back then too, David. Whenever I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> but when they were training us, they said, now you've got to be very specific about your gospel presentation because over in yeah. Brazil, they're very religious mm-hmm. yeah. and they would be more than happy to take Jesus, somebody who cares for him and die for their sin promises of eternal life. They'll be more than happy to take Jesus and put him on the shelf with all of their other gods. That's right. Yeah. But we, you have to establish that he is the only way, the truth and the life. Pick up your cross, forsake all others, follow only after him. Yeah. So just, yeah. T- t- you know, is that something that you encountered in Brazil? Is it a highly religious area or? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you learn the facts and figures uh, at that time in the 80s, late, eight, late 80s, 87. When we went there January in 87. The statistic was 98% of people in Brazil are Catholics, but you know, the rest of them are what they call evangelicals. That's the term they put everybody in the same pot, yeah. Jehovah's Witness, Seventh Adventist, et cetera. But, you know, we, we learned there's a difference in the cultures of the country. You have the south of Brazil and you have the north region. And it's actually divided into three different sections, but that north region is a different culture and a different uh, outlook on life. It's a slower, slower moving society and economy. The South is very industrialized, very European, European, and people are better educated. So we went into a, a climate where people were, were were Catholic, but they were traditionally Catholic. When I say traditionally, it means they weren't practicing. And so they, there's a category there that the majority of them were non-practicing Catholics. In other words, you're born as a Catholic, you'll do the traditions, and you'll die as a Catholic. That's their mm. saying, you know. 
And so what you run into, we run into not so much opposition, but is is the tradition. And yet those people were open. Open in what sense? The the materialism that we have today was was hitting the Amazon region pretty strongly. You know, not so much in the interior, but in the bigger towns. And they want what they see in America, what they see on television, what they see in the South. And the materialism broke those Catholic families up, and they began to move to bigger cities for jobs. And and they got better educated, got their eyes open on the world. And and so materialism, in that sense, though it being bad became good because it moved those traditionally Catholic families you couldn't get into to an open thing, to open minds where that you could actually reach them with the gospel. And they so Catholics today will tell you, at least in the North region, they'll say, well, it's just one God, one Bible, and one way to heaven, you know. And, of course, that was the Catholic way. But so they, they had an open mind to receive the message that we had. I mean, if you give them a gospel tract, which we gave out a lot of them, just walk up and give them a gospel tract, would you like to read it? And they'd read it around the spot. You don't see that today. Materialism is mm. taking its toll. But you have the, today the statistic is 60% of the population are evangelicals and the rest are the whatever, Catholics, whatever. Mm. But our biggest opposition in Brazil to the gospel and to, to the will of God that we were sent there to do is sow the gospel, sow the word of God, is, is mostly the charismatic Pentecostal groups are bigger hindrance than the Catholics are. Is that right? And we have such different, because it's too similar uh, the, to, to what we're preaching, you know, the idea and so forth. And so, well, everybody's the same, and and, and they accept other truths, of the, the whole hodgepodge, I call it, of of the uh, the the success gospel, you know. Prosperity movement. Prosperity mm-hmm. movement, all yeah. those things. They have embraced that, you know. You're, you're poor because you don't have faith, and... Mm. And on that goes. And so what you have now in the so-called evangelical movement, you have a mixture of Pentecostalism, Spiritism, and Catholicism all mixed together, and that's the new religion in Brazil. And Brazilian and people plus their are, traditions. You know, yeah, they have, Brazilian they have, people are yeah. very accommodating. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah, and yeah. And, yeah. and that is another hindrance that we had, like um, they would want to please us. So they would yes. accept yes. the Lord <laughs> just to please us. Uh, uh-huh. And so you had to be very, very careful about that. We did have one young lady that that happened to. But thank the Lord, she came back later and, and in our living room said to me, if I died, if that, I was showing a film to the ladies um, about the second coming of the Lord. And she said, if I was that woman in that, Film, she said, I would die and go to hell because mm. what I did was just to please you guys. And so she trusted the Lord that day um, in our bedroom. Well, praise God. Her. For real. For real. <laughs> yeah. So over in Brazil, you guys are, you got to um, get your boots on the ground. You're starting to uh, sow the gospel into the ministry. And, um, Daryl, I just want to get your take on um, on on this passage of scripture. Uh, it's out of um, Romans chapter ten, verse number fourteen. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? How, how are they going to call him if they don't believe? How are they going to hear if they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Yeah. And so this begs a question, Rhonda, and you can answer this question. Does Daryl 
What's his feet like? Does he have beautiful feet? Or? <laughs> no, he does. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, Scripture says, and how shall they preach except they be sent? You know, beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. Like when we take a literal approach to certain Scripture, it's not talking about all preachers going to have beautiful feet. You know what I mean? But, but Daryl, you said you felt the calling. You felt the urge to go preach. It says, how shall they preach except they be sent? You were commissioned to go. You have an assignment to go, right? Yep. Yeah. And as is written, beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel, peace and bring glad tidings. Yes. What that means is, you know, it's it's blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, God will honor that. That you stepped out. So, you know, you, you stepped out on, on faith to, to, to preach the gospel and... Um, you know, you said you've been faithful over there. You've had a ministry now for 35 years? 35 years. 35 years? Yes. Now, um, you guys have been long-term missionaries. Is that How yes. would you describe that? You know, you don't just go for a couple of weeks and then come home. Yeah. Right. How would you, what is it like to learn a new culture? You know, the, the ins and the outs. Like, because I know, like, a lot of times here, especially in America when people take mission trips they go, it's kind of like a mini vacation almost mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you go now it's hard work oh sure but you yeah. go and you work and you, and you, you, you preach and then you get to leave yeah. you get to come back home exactly you guys stayed what's that like we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back Truth Revival is brought to you by Senior Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senior Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30. And Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30. So take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. Well, it's, it's transferring your life to, to, to the lives of those people you become as they are in that sense. It's like Jesus came all the way from heaven, laid down His glory, you know, limited His glory and His abilities, and He came and He robed Himself with flesh and he lived among us. And, so you, you see the similarities in that. We basically went there not to go native, you know, and that, as people would say, but yet we went there to to blend into their culture, to not be an offense to them, but yet uh, an attract. They know we're Americans. You can't get away from that. You know, still 35 years. Oh, you're American. So how'd you guess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you look a yeah, yeah. Well, your 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 sotaki was that in your your accent? accent. And, you know, we've, 
we don't lose our our southern accent even in Portuguese. You know, and I said, your 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 accent is different. You know, you're not from here, are you? <laughs> you're basically doing as the scripture says. You're becoming some to win some. Yeah, right. I made all things to all men that I yeah. may win some, and that's not compromising truth, but yet no. it's it's condescending to to a level where that you become acceptable. And so, you know, they, they know we're different. They expect, it's like, you know, what's the, what's the, the level of living that we should live when we go there? Well, obviously I can drive one of the Mercedes cars and build in Brazil. And, you know, we may have that ability and we can live better there because the dollar's better. But yet we live, we heard that if you live at the rate or the standard that the, at least the priest, the local priest lives, then you're acceptable. And so we look, they look at the house you live in, the car you drive, Mm-hmm. Um, everything, you know, but yet when you come down, it's like that car, you, you, yeah, you, we had a Toyota diesel double cab truck that God blessed us with, and yet it was a hindrance. I would never would take it visiting because it, it, other eyes, oh, their eyes look at it differently, you know, and so what I do is walk in the neighborhood or ride my bicycle. I put myself on their level, mm-hmm. and it made a difference, you know, and, and when you give them a ride, you'll pick people up and bring them to church and take them home, or you take their kids and your family's to the hospital or it's used for a funeral coach or whatever, you know, and then and suddenly, you know, they you blend in with their culture. Then yeah. suddenly the sound of the car or the truck, they say, ooh, the pastor's coming <laughs> because they know the sound of the, the Toyota. So there's so much in the culture that, you know, we still learn. And because their culture is changing just, just like our culture has changed here radically, but, you know, you you – you look at that culture, and it's not violating scripture or the you know standard right. of right holy living. And uh, you, you eat the foods. You, you you know I have an excuse. You know I have a weak stomach, so I could get out a lot of things. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, "Well, I'll make you some hot milk." No, I can't. I, I'm I'm not uh, tolerant of milk. You know, <laughs> not lying. Well, let me tell you something else that, that I experienced whenever I went over there. They told me the same thing, Daryl. You know, when you go over there, you don't want to be offensive. Yeah. Because as Americans, we are a little bit entitled, okay? But yeah, when we yeah. go, when you go to Brazil, they prepare and give you the best that they have. Yes. And the best that they have, we learned this from Scotty. Right, Paul? Yeah. When Scotty, he was a missionary from Guatemala, he came in and he shared a little bit with us. He said they made him chicken foot soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Best, best they had. Floating around in there. I'm telling you what, if somebody gave me chicken foot soup, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's I, I don't know that I could do it. You haven't lived if you've eaten feijoada with the pig feet or the snout running around. Pig feet? <laughs> or they give you the eye of the fish because that's an that's honor delicacy. to us. That's a delicacy right there? <laughs> wow. Mm. Yeah, that would be. We, we got into one. This guy wanted me to come for his, for his birthday, and so he invited us and the family down to the to this place and he ran the refrigeration thing in town and he said, yeah, we're going to have turtle. I said, Oh boy. And, <laughs> and so we went and we had turtle, uh, hamburger and, uh, they had actually turtle blood, cooked blood and so forth. We kind of stayed Ooh. away from that. Yeah. And, uh, then we discovered later on that having eaten those things, we were eating turtle illegally. He had illegally caught this. <laughs> yeah. And it was all right. But but that I was ignorance. I wouldn't want to do that again. <laughs> Like those that still eat the uh, sea cows. Yeah. 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 You're not supposed to, but they eat them. Right. So, Daryl, as you were sharing that earlier, all I could hear, this is what the Lord was speaking to me, sacrifice. Like, you didn't have to do those things, but you sacrificed out of love. And I wonder, for anybody listening on the podcast, reflect in your life. Are you making any sacrifices to win 
people to Christ. Let's think about that for a second here, yeah. guys. Yeah. In our modern world, are we making sacrifices to win people to Christ, or is it just about the hustle and the bustle and keeping up with the Kardashians? It's, <laughs> it's no longer keeping up with the Joneses anymore yeah, for that's me. That's true. Yeah. It's right, keeping up with right. the Kardashians. But we, we, we view things in America as status symbols. Like we, we want people to remember our name. That's kind of the big deal. We when people see us, it's about appearance and it's posturing. Would you say that? I mean, the Apostle Paul, he talked about being a castaway. It wasn't even important for people to remember his name, but it was important for people to remember Jesus. Yeah. And Daryl, we talked a little bit about this at lunch. You almost had to earn a certain level of trust. Mm-hmm. With the, with the locals is kind of in order yeah. for them to accept you, right? Exactly. You couldn't just go and say, "You're lost. You need to be saved. Repent of your sins. Yeah. Accept Jesus." Bada bing, bada boom. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. it was you had to go a little bit deeper, right? Yes. You, you had to earn their trust, exactly, in order to share to, to share the gospel with those guys. So, um, I'm not going to let you guys just share anything else, just about about the ministry, um, about the churches that you planted david asked you guys something um, during lunch he said um how many people have have come to faith in christ and i'll let you tell share your response but i think that's a big question how many people have come to faith in christ through your ministry we couldn't actually tell you a figure um because i don't know being, being ministry in the states it wasn't about uh you know how churches are you know we got the big number in church and we got so many buses running it was about numbers and numbers and numbers and i understand the thinking behind that well it's it's a it's a, already a, a rubber stamp that you're successful you know and we're doing things right here and this is how you do it you know model us and we had all those ideas in our mind we know you can't you can't do that you can't go to a foreign country and try to make americans out of them or yeah. do this method this method may work and it may not work but we know that what God's methods are is go, preach, be faithful, be steadfast, live a holy life. That makes a difference in people's lives. And people know mm-hmm. you're different than us, not just because you're Americans. But but we had we had the stimulus as uh, as well as the people. Said, well, missionaries came up. We started 18 churches in in three or four years. You know, well, wow, that guy's you know success and and. Well, we had so many souls saved, and even in Bible college, these guys gonna make glowing reports over the weekend. We had so many souls saved and come to Christ, you know. And I says, "Well, you know, down deep inside my heart, you know, I say, I don't like that. It's like a braggadocious, but because mm-hmm. the Scriptures teach us in in the New Testament, Paul keeps saying he says that no man glory in his presence. Ooh. Yeah, right. you know, and all the glory belongs to God. I can't yes. say that we yeah. we're not giving you a report like Jim and Rhonda Shaw. We're, we're just working with God." We're his servants, yeah. and it's he knows it's, the number man. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And when you sow seed, uh, you you sow four or five grains of corn in a field, and you may plant them in you know, different different distance. But when you're sowing, you're you're spreading abundantly, and you, you know, it, it lands where it lands. But when that little sprout comes up, and it got four or five different ears, how many ears grow on a stalk? And then you start shucking that thing, and you start looking at the kernels on it. And you start you don't do that. You just know you got a good harvest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then that corn sticks its little ears straight up to heaven and gives God glory, you know. Yeah. The so seed we, bears fruit. We right? can't tell you, we can't tell you that, that, you know, we're keeping records that this is exactly how many people have been saved because 
some of those people, like I said, they want to please you. Maybe they came forward because he said, yeah, you know, if you, hey, how many want to accept Christ? Well, everybody will come forward, you know. What does that mean? And so we're going to make sure that those people as Catholic people don't have a wrong idea of what, what accepting Christ, what, what true repentance is, and and faith and salvation is eternal, and, and, and that takes time with those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we see the result. We see the fruit. Yeah, that's um, what's important. Yeah. And when you sow... The abundance is there, and all the glory goes to God. But yet, um, you, you, you still don't know from that fruit what other fruit you know, and only God will know that. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Ray Bolts song "Thank You for Giving to the Lord"? Yes. Yes. Love that song, yes. and I'm yeah. sure that as a missionary, like, is that kind of? Do you have like a missionary anthem? You know that you just <laughs> need sometimes, like a little pick, pick me up. You know, or just something to go. This is a reinforcing what I'm doing. Like, did you ever have those doubts? Like, how are we going to sustain this God? Is it for us? You know, but I, I'm thinking about that song. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Anyway. Well, I'm singing so it. Yeah. Sing us out, Roman. Lord, I yeah. that song. But, but, you, but you know, like, did you, did you guys ever need that? Like just positive reinforcement, like from family or from your sister churches? We, I don't know. Uh, we, we, we very feel, seldom help, you know, we're not in the days of cell phones and quick telephone. You just pick the phone up and you're talking to somebody. You could do that, but it was just, you know, it was, in the beginning it was difficult. And you don't have email, and, and we didn't get our first computer until 95, and I think it took another four years to figure out how to work it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's working, yeah. it presumably it's working you instead of you working it. But, uh, you know, things were facilitated there that made it easier to stay in contact. But even then I thought, well, with a computer age, things will, will improve among our rapport and our back and forth of churches. Well, some, some churches did and some didn't depend on what their interests were in America, you know, but yet, um, you know, God just, I don't know when we transfer to the, as far as music and so forth, you know, the, the hymns were translated. And so those same hymns were there, but yet God occasionally would, put songs in our heart to encourage us or a scripture verse. And um, we just know if this thing's going to work, it, it's all of God. We are, are we worked like it depend, all depended on us and then lived like it all depended on God at the same time. You, you know? brought up a really good point, and I'm going to have to go here, Daryl, because in, in Appalachia, in, in our southern, with our southern roots, you know, we like good. How would you describe like hymns, especially in the church? Is there like a country twang to a lot of our hymns? Southern gospel music, you know what I mean? There's just like a certain flow and rhythm and timing to a lot of those songs. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about? A lot yeah. of those songs. They're about the same there. Most yeah. of them are. That's not what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I went, those Brazilians, man, they could get down. Yeah. They could boogie. And they when they sing these things, like, celebrate Jesus, celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate Jesus, celebrate. I mean, yeah. I mean they, they, yeah. they'd be... They'd be dancing and clapping yeah. and singing. And, you know, it's just like, this is out of my comfort zone. Now, I, was, I was 18 at the time, exactly. but I had never heard Christian music sung like that. Right. But they seemed so free in how they sung. You know, that could have just been a cultural thing because it, did you guys ever do Carnival? Did y'all ever hear about Oh man, you don't want to do carnival. You don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. We so take it, we take our kids to camp during carnival. Yeah, we go way out in bad. the jungle, 
and, and it's, it's no, Mardi really. Gras with an attitude. Yeah, you, amen. Oh. It's Mardi Gras with an attitude. Okay. That's really right. So not for Christian folk is what you're saying. No, it's almost no. like it's like worshiping the dead, man. Okay. Well, you can't even. You can't, <laughs> can't even if you're watching on. a pro. You can't turn the TV on during that time because even new the commercials and... are just the new dancers and stuff. Yeah, oh my! So yeah. we do. We I actually do. We take our kids, all of our young people um, from all the four churches that that work together there and we go out into the jungle and we have camp. But yeah. you see, that's part of the culture though. Yeah. Music and celebration. And uh, would you say party? We'll say a party uh, lifestyle. Yeah, very... Celebrating a entity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... yeah. <laughs> but, but like that's part of their, that's part of their culture. Like, like around here, yeah. you get people to dance in church. People are not going to dance in church. Yeah. It's part of our culture. Yeah. I've, I have come to understand that like when you go into church, like people think, I, I want to be. Things need to be done decently and in order. And we're going to control the spirit, and we're going to quench it right out of here. We're going to yeah. quench the. We're going to choke the life out of this place because there's no liberty. Yeah. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Mm. There's freedom. Yeah. And Daryl, a lot of our churches around here are just bound by tradition. Would you? Would yeah. you? Know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah. Did, now over there, I mean, it's a different kind of tradition, where they are bound, as David might have said. Would you say like idol worship? Is that that festival is idol worship? But I mean, yeah, would you even worship in a deity? Or would you go as far as to say like maybe a? I mean, I mean, this this doesn't this is not all encompassing, but just like a. The, the the forces of darkness that's working against oh, us absolutely. like do you do you get that sense that there's those spiritual wick that spiritual wickedness in yes. high places you know like it's present and i don't want to say demonic forces but i mean david go ahead you, and say it that's what yeah. it is absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so, so i was trying to tread lightly there but but that's <laughs> no, the no battle need, no the need. yeah no need to tread. you're good but that's the battle that you're fighting yes <laughs> over there Yes, and I'm fighting it here. We just don't know it. That's yeah, right. it, it's just more right. So uh, it's more recognizable there. Right. It's I mean, it's more open. Here. It's yeah. more open. Yeah, oh, yeah. people yeah. here hide it. They put it in the closet over there. They're like, look at me. Ah, exactly. You know? And each area is different. Uh, Rio, of course, and some bigger towns, but uh, you've got some cities that are still steeped in Catholicism. But again, they embrace spiritism. The Catholics say, well, spiritism is is the natural side of the man and but his spiritual side is Catholicism, so they allow him to practice both. Mm. And so it's a, carnival, that's a move the Catholics like doing. Yes. Yeah. So carnival Smoke is, mirrors, is, that what is uh you know the last and it has long term consequences. Well, it's like Mardi Gras is the same thing. I, yeah. I make sure everybody knows this. Mardi Gras is the sale, is right before Lent, which yeah. is Lent is when you fast from something. Mardi yeah. Gras happens right yeah. before Lent. That's probably the same process. Exactly. Yeah it's, it's, it's a, you get to go do what you want to and Worship your your deity, your God, whatever this other one Last is. Last fling of your yeah. flesh. Well, none of great, it's a God. Let's just the say greatest amount of children are born in October. Yeah. Count it up and nine November months. Because you count it up nine months from Carnival. Uh, carnival uh, is just completely oh my God. free. Wow. And the... <laughs> You know, careful here, but the uh, yeah. And remember, the gay community all pagan worship is loves sex it and because that's, that's that's what it is. It's like when you worship a, yeah. another, the devil in the Bible. Look at it, the Baal Peor there in Numbers. Yeah. It's through sexual intercourse, and that's yes. exactly what's going on. Totally. Yeah. Right. It never. That's yeah. what we think college campuses are. Yeah. <laughs> but Brazilian Brazilians are we say Latin American people. Uh, they um, they're very close, very touchy. 
they're uh, little kids, you know, you can drop drop a handful of tableware and just get up and dance, you know. <laughs> That's how they are. <laughs> they just yeah, it's, it's, it's it's, the rhythm is in them. And yeah. so in church you have to be careful to to because when God I heard this years ago, if if that music in your church and worship in your church reaches your foot before it reaches your heart, is there's something wrong there. It should reach your heart <laughs> first. <laughs> And so, but we are emotional creatures. And A.W. Tozer said, you know, he said, we have quenched the, taken the wine of joy away from the Christians, you know, when you get back to that. He wasn't Ooh, saying, you know, in the sense. Well, I like Tozer. But, mm-hmm. but the Pentecostals, uh, see, they get a lot of this music that you, you're hearing. And a lot of the Southern Baptist churches in Brazil, they embraced a lot of this music coming out of the Pentecostal movement, the charismatics, we call them. But it's is infiltrated all the churches. And, and if you're not careful and guard against it, then it becomes this emotional thing. Let's, let's get the spirit here because the spirit only comes if we, if we get our hands together and get yeah, our yeah. hands up. And and so you, you have to teach them the right use of music. If, if in Tozer said too, you know, worship that pleases the, the worshiper is diametrically opposed to the scriptures. Amen. And and, mm. and, I, and you look what he says. He, 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 he he's saying the same thing. It, it's it's a heart matter, and worship is not. Uh, and it, it may it, it may show up with tears. He said, but then again, it might be a, a simply silence before God. You know, breathlessness. You can't say mm. anything, God. You just but God knows your heart. Yeah. And so you try to teach that to the Brazilian people who are geared for for rhythm and motion and yeah. clapping hands and. We don't try to squelch that, but we try to show them that, you know, we are free to worship God from our hearts, and you sense the presence of Spirit in, in our churches. Of course, charismatic tell them, he said, tells, tells others, oh, your church is dead, you know, because you guys don't do this and you don't do that, you know. <laughs> I said, well, your problem is that you think you have the Holy Spirit. And I said, the whole question is, how much of the Holy Spirit has of you? And uh, we've preached that for years. <laughs> There's a difference. You know, I've got the Holy Spirit. We've got more than you do, you know. How much does he have of you? Ooh. Well, as long as it's leading toward Jesus, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit only speaks of him. Because yeah. if it's not speaking of him, it's not yeah. the Holy Spirit. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the standard, whether it be dancing or just sitting still. Yeah. I mean, Can I just say for, for, for the end, or I don't know, we're stopping. <laughs> okay, not, let's but, try to land the plane. We're bringing it in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're on. I just want to say that. We've got 80 hours. That we're just, yeah. <laughs> we're just Brazilian people are the most loving um, compassionate people that, that you can imagine. They're the most giving. Yeah. Those that have the least to give mm. seem to be the most giving. Yeah. Well, yeah. They have time um, for each other. They have time. You know, you spend time together. Um, we had one period a year where we only had electricity for four hours a day. Wow. And those four hours would be like from let's say midnight to four it alternated. and it would, you know, and then maybe the next time, next couple of days, it would be from four to, to eight and then from eight to, <laughs> to 12. And it would go like that. So everything that you did, you had to do during those four hours, everything you did that needed electricity, um, which meant pumping water because we had to pump water yeah. up to our water boxes for us to have water in the yeah. house. <laughs> and, you know, so anyway, but we never missed a service during that time. Mm. He bought these these um, little bottles of propane and put these lamps on them. Yeah, it's like old Coleman and, lanterns, but gas. Yeah. But they were gas, and we stuck them on the Never on the sides the of the thing. And people brought their candles, and you know, um, 
we had service, but we also had so much time during that time to spend with people because there was nothing else to do. No television to watch. There was no, no fans. No fans <laughs> to even keep cool. So you'd have to be outside where you get a little breeze. Yeah. But all that to say that during our 35 years in Brazil, I mean, the, the ones that were little children when we went and came to church came to Bible club, whatever, and got saved. And they're now pastors, and they're now deacons, and mm. they're now wives mm. of pastors and deacons, and they're Sunday school teachers. And That's cool. And that's that's what's cool, is yeah. to be able to see from from the bottom up. The fruit of your labor. Yeah. The fruit yeah. of our labor, yes. And, yeah. and, just, and just the family that we've become. The hardest thing in the world for us was leaving. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, not only did we have to get rid of 35 years of stuff. <laughs> Those people are a lot nicer than us. But <laughs> <laughs> they are more accommodating but, group of uh, culture. I mean, they are. Right, yeah. they are. Yeah. But we had to go through that. I mean, to them, it was almost like a death, you know. I mean, it, oh, was just, yeah. it just went on, on and on and on of them it's like we were dying, telling us know? goodbye <laughs> and telling us goodbye and taking us out to eat wow. and having this service and that yeah. service. But... We love them, and and we have kids over there that call us Nana and Grandpa. Mm -hmm. and What's they the Brazilian word for, or is it just Nana and well, Grandpa? Well, they call us Nana and Grandpa because well, they want to call us the same thing that our grandchildren here call oh, us. So they're connected so, to you. So that's, you know. That's cool. Um, Grandpa is Vovo and Vovo. Vovo and Vovo, yeah. So, <laughs> well, look here. I yeah. know. Listen to that. We He's got, got a story. You may not want to hear it. but. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, so, here we go. I didn't mean to bring that up. Paul. <laughs> Thanks. I know that's a... appreciate that, Rom. Dow, uh, Big yeah. D is feeling for me right now. Right? So, so Dow, just give us some of your closing thoughts. I've had so much fun here, guys. And and oh, again, yeah. I don't want to to think that you know we've encapsulated. 35 years of ministry oh, in yeah. 50 minutes, you know, but you know, you guys are just right over the mountain here in Robbinsville. Yeah. That's right. yeah. I would love to have you guys back over here. We could do, you know, another podcast. Now, one of the cool things is, is we could actually do a phone conference. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do it remote. Still record you. We could do, sure. we could do it remote. Uh, our internet's, Pretty lousy where we live, but we can go to lousy. town. We got a good show. Drive over the hill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to the public it's library. Carolina, and just drive over the hill. <laughs> hey, yeah. We, we got to go to town to get service. Yeah, hey, we, it's, it's 2022. We got to drive to town. We still have to drive to town. Well, I'm sure everybody in Seneca would love, I love it. I love it. But guys, we've had such great energy here today. Um, but Daryl, yeah. just give us your closing thoughts on on the ministry. And I know that you have said that you you guys are would you say retired would you is that what you would semi, call it semi retired i guess semi retired no he's 71 you know. and don't want to quit did you listen yeah. this morning <laughs> I, I heard i heard and, and again like like my grandmother he retires you know yeah. you know how mamma was mm -hmm. daryl like yeah. she was a workaholic yep. she didn't know what it meant to rest i think i got the west side of that Now, yeah. here's the, like the west's work and the Hamiltons work. 
So I just must be this anomaly. <laughs> we call well, it laziness. You know, I was going to say, boy, you you want to uh, yeah. you want to be restful, or you, I can rest. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what was it, Paul? I didn't say it. <laughs> Listen, okay. Roman knows how to take a nap. I, I, can, I can be lazy, and I might have just a touch of slothfulness. All right, but uh, you know, like in, in Brazil, this is one of the things too. Here we go. The plane's taking back off again. <laughs> Uh, he, I just want to say what his kids said they did all week last week when he was off. Nothing. I mean, Late, just, played video games. So, I mean, it's just, <laughs> listen, he said from the pulpit he can get slimy with the best of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Just, uh, uh, I mean, that's just oh real. My. I can also, I, mean, I, can roll, up, I can roll up my sleeves and work with the best of them. But, listen, uh, I, I love right. you, Ron. I'm just we kidding. Love you, brother. That's love all good. You. Uh, <laughs> but in, in Brazil, they don't really get in a hurry no, no, on no. things. No. You know, I'm, and I noticed this, like, we're trying to leave church. And I'm like, well, we got to, we got to get the Mexican rest out. And I'm trying to leave, and I said, we got to get a place. And you guys are just chill. Yeah, just, just cool, just not getting in a hurry for anything. And um, in Brazil, our, the at the one church that we that we established, the church was here, and then you walk just up like a block, and then that's where the, the pastorium, pastorium yeah. was, and we were living in it at that time. And and so you. Stand out in front of the church, and everybody says, you know, yeah. you have your talking turn time and turn the lights off, off and, and you go. And then you stand outside the wall of the church after you've shut the gate, and you stand there and you talk and you keep, you know. And then you walk down to where the pastorium is, I mean, this whole group of people. And we stand there and you talk and you talk, especially the young people. But um, huh. and And then... When we finally say we're going inside, a lot of them go in with. So there's <laughs> phases. Huh? So it's just phases of goodbye. You never just say goodbye. <laughs> when you see you're saying bye to somebody and everything, they go. They stand the last minute till they're out of sight. They're waving their hand, you know. And yeah. wow. there's so much that that we miss in America because of our business. That. But you you look at the culture of the South Brazil, getting pretty much like America mm-hmm. uh, because of their jobs and so forth. They you know fight through three hours of traffic getting to their job and they work all these eight hours and then they three hours home and they get they got cultured. Yeah. And, but in the North region, you know, they, like I said, they have time for each other and uh, you can carry that to extremes, of course, you know, and we got to be working when you should, shouldn't be talking and so forth. But yet um, they don't get any hurry when you do business there. Uh, it's, it's changing a lot in the North region because everything's going computer online and, you know, you, you hate the to internet's see, so bad that yeah. it's always down. So mm. that you hate to see things. it go that direction in some ways. You know, our little quiet town of two hundred twenty-five thousand, three hundred thousand now, and we have sixty thousand motorcycles in the street and thirty thousand cars, and and uh, they do still close down some of the stores for for their lunch meal, which is their big meal. And then they take a nap and they go back to work at two thirty. So they still have that in their in their culture. But when it's time for pleasure, time for you know. A weekend, and you know they can't wait for the weekend. They, they, they take their time, they enjoy themselves, and they play music. It's to the top of the volume, and so forth. And but you they know sh- they love to share their yeah. music. With yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's difficult to go tell them. That, Would you please turn it down to a level that's good to you? And so they get mad and turn it off. You know, <laughs> but yet you know the the way you look at them, uh, the. Their culture's changing, and you see some of those things are kind of you know drifting away. And uh, they, like I said, they're respectful. You have to be careful of of how they, when you're presenting the gospel or the truth to them, that, that you know it's clear to them, and and they're not just doing it. To, how many thousands of 
times have they told us, yeah, we'll be there Sunday, Pastor, you know, and it never happens. You know it's not going to happen. Oh, we're going to come by and see you if it never happens, you know. They, they want to please you. And so you have to be careful when you present the gospel to them and do, do it just to please you because they're, they want to accommodate to what you're saying, uh-huh. you know. But, um, you know, on a whole, they're, they're tremendous people. Um, they, they love America. Most of them love America, not because it's rich, because they, they feel like our laws work and theirs don't. For the first time in their lives, they've got a president, kind of like they call him the little Donald Trump. He's made so many drastic changes in the, in the, in the, in the economy, and, and they think that perhaps they give them a little hope there, you know, especially the middle class. We have a big, strong middle class. And uh, they, they're in hopes that it'll be pretty much like in America. You know, we all have opportunities. We'll have good jobs, and economy's going to be good. And, mm. and uh, so, you know, that's kind of the direction that the, the country is going. The North region, like I said, is behind a little bit in some of those things. But um, they're coming along, and uh, some things been good. These, every little kid, probably 10, 11, 12 years old, has got a cell phone, and they put uh, charge it up, go to the pharmacy, and say, I want to put 10 hats on this, and they charge their phone up, and they're good for a week, and they're on Facebook, and that's the only friends they have is their, their Facebook community. And, and if you don't have friends, then you're nobody. They don't have things like our, our American kids do. I mean, they have video games and this and that, and so their, their big thing is who your friends are. That defines you, who your friends are. Oh. And so they, they get in a lot of trouble on that, of course. You know, the drug culture is thick. Um, federal police does a super job of apprehending drugs, keeping out of the country, but it's still there. And uh, it's ruining a lot of kids' lives, um, destroying their lives, a lot of promiscuity, uh, sensuality, and destroying kids, of a lot of broken homes. Mm. Uh, sad thing, so many mothers raising their children. Um, you see the effeminate crowd coming out because of that, and then the gay crowd is gaining strength, and and on on it goes, you know. And then the charismatics, and not only the charismatics, but the false religions are all there, and those are things that Satan uses to to combat getting the truth out and uh, try to put out the light. So I'll say it again, and how shall they hear? Yeah, without a preacher, preacher. Mm-hmm. Daryl, there's got to be somebody there to hold the banner high. Yeah. yeah. And mm. God's still calling men and women. Yes. There may be somebody listening, and you may feel like God is calling you. Be obedient to the Lord. I don't know where God may be calling you, but you know what? If you'll seek Him with your whole heart, you'll find Him. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Paul, bring us to a close here. Wrap us up. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for coming. Um, it's, uh, it, was, it was awesome to meet you and hear your story. And uh, I just want to land it with what I taught in Sunday school this morning, Roman. And this is for everybody. If we will do this, and the Lord did it for you when you answered the call, and, and if we will surrender ourselves to him, he'll do it for us too. Hosea 6, three says this, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to know the Lord. As surely as the sun rises, the Lord will appear. He will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain that waters the earth. Mm. Amen. Obrigado. Yeah. Obrigado por tudo. Obrigado. I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> thank you for everything. Thank you. So, <laughs> Daryl, yeah. Rhonda, blessing. we love you guys. Thank you all for coming love on board. David, what a surprise having you on board today. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Do it one more time. Shut him off. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I had muted you. It's good. <laughs>
<laughs> Hello, can well, you, you go? You banging around over there on the desk. Sorry, and I, he's unpredictable. This one. It's David Lowe. David Lowe. Nationwide, thank you guys. Yeah. It's been Truth Revival. We're out of here. In the midst of woke, cancel culture. <laughs>